Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Hey, everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J, Jeff Jarrett. This is Rich Swan, Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever WrestleTalk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, support the Ravens. Nevermore. WrestleTalk. Hello and welcome to the WrestleTalk podcast. I'm Mr. Davis with my hair on the line this Sunday (laughs) and it'll get shaved off by me if you lousy cheapskates, every single one of you listening right now donates £10,000 to charity. I'm sure there's a link somewhere you can click, but you won't because you're lazy and you're cheapskates. You people... My hair is staying on my head. And I'm joined by Luke Owen. Hello, Swath Nation, and a hello to you, Mr. Davis. How the devil are you? Good. Head full of hair. Not going anywhere. All is right with the world. Mm-hmm. We shall soon see. Uh, I think, actually, we've already passed, like, the 10% mark on the uh, the way there. So we're basically pretty much there now. No. A tenth of the way there. Yeah. Many and, miles you know, to go. We've still got lots of days yet to go. There's, in fact, actually, there's the big WrestleMania streams still to come yet. So, yeah, I, I think it's going to happen. I think it's going to happen. Nah, nah. Um, just before we were recording, you were talking about watching uh, Walter versus Champer. I'm sure we're going to get some questions about that in the old Hyper Chats. So maybe we'll save some thoughts on that. But while I was uh, watching and enjoying that match, I was doing some research for my next Actually Good video, which is mm. The Fiend. Uh, it's on the fiend because Laurie wouldn't let me do it about retribution, despite my uh, <laughs> best pitches. He would not let me do. Was retribution actually good? Is there a debate there? Well, I thought it'd be an interesting topic, considering that the group's now broken up. Like it'd have been a really, but it's just you know, no. It, but yeah, I know. But like there was, you know, it was WWE's like panic response to falling ratings. And then bad creative. And there would have been a really funny science segment where I found out there's only two pay-per-view matches, one of which was Bobby Lashley versus Slapjack. Oh, God. Uh, I think he made the right choice going for The Fiend because The Fiend is actually, oh, is he good, though? I think that's what you want subject-wise as opposed to, no, Retribution are crap. Don't need to watch that video. 
But uh, part of my research was to go through. So I've been watching a lot of old WrestleTalk videos and WrestleTalk mm. podcasts. I watched our reactions to The Fiend's debut at SummerSlam. Um, I oh. then actually forgot that we didn't do the live reactions for Hell in a Cell. It was Laurie and Pete. Huh. And do, you know, and, I've, and do you know why that is? It's because SummerSlam 2019 was when we decided that was the pay-per-view we decided. We should probably do this every month. We should probably do this for every pay-per-view. Pre- prior ah. to that, we weren't. Which we I only didn't... did the big five. We only did the big five. And like it's on the SummerSlam review. We were like, God, we had so much fun doing that stream that we decided that we'll do this for every stream, like every pay-per-view going forward now. The very next one, we're not there. It's uh, Laurie and <laughs> instead. <laughs> <laughs> we're probably just so depressed by the fiend build yeah it is hilarious as well like i remember um dan uh longtime listener dan uh, messaging us after hell in a cell being like guys i think you're doing too much um and because like when you look at like if you google wrestle talk hell in a cell 2019 we posted five videos about that main event in like in the space of 12 hours it was a divisive thing. You're still making a video about it now. I know. But anyway, I, so I've yeah, now maybe got like too much. <laughs> a little bit too much. Um, but yeah, so I've got our um I've got the star star ratings, if you want a bit of spoilers for that actually good video. I'm gonna read you them in order. This is every fiend match in order. Star ratings pulled from uh, Meltzer, Alvarez, and 411 Mania and PW Torch, and wherever I can find some star ratings. In order, here's the numbers. Two, minus two and a half. Two, three and a half. Zero, four, quarter of a star. Zero, 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 one. Two and three quarters and one. Was the four and a half the John Cena match? That was a dud rating. That was um, because Meltzer didn't didn't score it. Alvarez didn't score it. And the only number, the only like rating I could find was from Larry Sanka, God rest him. And he gave mm. it a dud rating. So that was kind of like a, huh. a dud across the board. Well, I guess if you're rating it in terms of a professional wrestling match, you can't. You can't rate mm. it in terms of that. Uh, is the four and a half Brian then at Royal Rumble? So, yeah, so four was the biggest one. That was the Royal Rumble scrap match uh, against Daniel yeah. Bryan. Um, Dave Meltzer of the Extreme Rules Swamp Match against Braun Strowman wrote, and this is a direct quote, this segment was so far out of touch with the pulse of the audience that it reminded me of 1998 to 2000 WCW when they were running off viewers at a record pace. That's how bad it was. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to look back because I enjoyed those cinematic matches. I enjoyed the, the Swamp Fight. But at the same time, looking back at that period, but everything was mad. We <laughs> had Die Hard in, a, in, a, in WWE HQ. Yeah. The Street Profits Viking Raiders match ended because a tentacle came out of a dumpster and they and ran off scared like, of it. Yeah. And like, it wasn't that crazy when it <laughs> happened. Like, you look back on that now and you go, oh my God, that's the worst thing of all time. But, but in those days, it was kind of like, sure. I sure. guess that's how we're ending. Yeah, I guess that's it. Where does WWE pay-per-view end and talking shopper mania begin? I don't know anymore. Yeah. So anyway, uh, I've also got another quote from you. This was from our uh, SummerSlam reactions. Oh, don't uh, throw stuff back in my face. Uh, it's not throwing it back in your face. I just think it's it's so wonderful to kind of like, you know, pick, pick something out. 
mm. from all of this. It's the last line I'm going to use of our reaction supercut in the video, which is you saying in direct quote, I'm going to be so obsessed with this. Like the, oh, it's, it's heartbreaking to see how excited you are for it. And, and me as well, <laughs> but like you in particular, like it's heartbreaking to see how excited you are for the character. Yeah, I was really into it. I remember my only criticism was that his new finisher should have been the neck break spot. Because it's like halfway through that Finn Balor match where the Fiend breaks a guy's neck. I'm like, oh, okay, that's the finish. Oh, now you're going to work him over for a couple more. <laughs> and then you win with <laughs> the sister Abigail. That's too... It's the Mandible Glory Wiz. Oh, Mandible Glory, like, of course. That's it, yeah. The, uh, the, the next snap was to set up Finn Balor's comeback. Mm. <laughs> so he could get a fiery comeback before he gets pinned. Making me feel like Jim Cornette <laughs> over here. <laughs> Uh, anyway, let's talk about AEW uh, uh, for this one because, yeah, I mean, NXT TakeOver Standard Deliver was last night. There'll be a review of that tomorrow with Pete and Tempest doing both nights of it. But for now, let's talk about AEW. Here is the show. The Young Bucks have turned heel again. You know, they turned, I'm pretty sure they turned babyface. And then they, then, then they were conflict, well, they conflicted before. I don't know what's going on, but I'm Mr. Davis. I'm joined by Lukewarm Luke Owen. This stream is sponsored by the wonderful folk over at Beer 52. Mwah! Like Hangman Page. We are sponsored by beer. Go over to beer52.com forward slash WrestleTalk, UK viewers only, to get a free case of eight craft beers, a little snackaroonie, and a magazine to tell you all about those beers. We'll be diving into the one that Luke held up just then in the break. But right now, let's talk about that main event segment, a match for last night's episode of Dynamite, the super elite of Kenny Omega. And the Good Brothers versus John Moxley and the Young Bucks in a typically excellent in-ring match, but one that Matt Jackson was very reluctant to beat up his former best friend Kenny Omega, even though they, I, I was kind of, I thought they'd already left him, you know, quite, mm. quite some time ago, and this was the the, the path of being a babyface now for the Bucks, and then at the end they decided, no, we can't do it. John Moxley got frustrated. They super kicked John Moxley. They beat up Eddie Kingston. They let Omega take the win and they all posed, but still kind of reluctantly as the super elite reunited again. Yeah. And it's also worth re reminding ourselves that when Gallows and Anderson came into uh, at AEW, and they said TNA for a second, then when, when they came into AEW, the Young Bucks posed with them reluctantly. Uh, doing the doing the two suites, and then since then they have been telling the story that um, that the young bucks don't really like the direction that um, Callus is taking Omega in all of this, and, it, and now Callus is trying to be get into their heads, specifically Matt Jackson, like targeting him to being like, "Where's the young bucks of old? Where's the young bucks that I remember from Japan?" And Matt's like, "Well, not those people anymore. We're different people." So essentially, you know, the story that they're telling is that Callus has gotten to Matt, and Callus has sort of, you know, he, and I think Kenny's promo from last week has sort of reminded um, them of that as well, which is just that, you know, I gave up 
a lot of opportunities for you and you never picked me. They played a really good video package for this, mm. kind of like tell this story. But I think that it's the Young Bucks turning heel sort of hasn't really like, I don't think it's landed as sort of big as it could have done because they did the heel turn last year during the FTR story. Right? Like that it did didn't they? sort of well, they, I mean, they kept super kicking Tony Schiavone and like and like you know being like banned and they gave me like find and stuff like that. Like they they weren't baby faces in that match, and then they just yeah. became baby faces again. And yeah, and I think them having the the two sweet moment with Gallows and Anderson and Kenny already sort of also kind of undermines this ever so slightly. I mean, so for me, I the, the only reason why I would say that this is a success and a win. Is because I've had so many messages from people over the last few weeks, particularly in our Patreon mailbag, who have said it makes no sense that the Young Bucks are baby faces because they're <laughs> such dicks. Like they should just be heels. I've I've never warmed to them as baby faces. They should just be heels. So now at least, yeah, they're heels. So I, I guess it, it can appease those people. But are they heels, Luke? There was reluctance. This is right. So I oh, thank you, my delivery has arrived. It's a big servant of humble pie. Um, yum, 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 yum. Because I think we've had quite a few questions over the last couple of months of people, our viewers being like, I'm kind of a bit over the bucks. Like, what are they? Are they baby faces? Are they heels? They keep doing this tormented thing. I'm like, <laughs> settle down, guys. They're tweeners. That WWE talks a big game about there being shades of grey, but they never do it right. The bucks, they're doing it right. And, you know, I've, I've argued this point. I think the Bucks are fantastic characters. They're neither bad nor good. They sort of operate in what's best for the Bucks. And in a way, that's really consistent. And I, I think that element of consistency is still there. I also think there's a, an admirable attempt at being very, very complex and realistic with a lot of AEW's elite feuds. I see the same sort of cycles, patterns of behavior as I do in the Hangman Page stuff. It's like people are caught in a loop of bad behavior. That's why mm. the Bucks keep going back to Kenny. It's like that bad friend you can't shake. But as a viewer, dramatically, I just feel like I'm a bit past it. And uh, I thought that the ending of this show was... I, I, didn't, I didn't feel much at all, really. You know, beyond the superficial shock of, oh, they turned. It was... I've, there's been too many turns. And... I feel like heel and face turns or those multitudes of shades of grey for the Bucks have become a bit like their much-loved superkick partes in that I'm always going to pop for a superkick from the Bucks, even though they do them a lot. I'm always going to pop yeah. for a heel or face turn. But you cannot deny when you keep doing them, they mean less and less every time. Yeah, and I think because Paul Weiss has now joined AEW, there are a lot of people being like, hmm, maybe they are the big show of the tag team division. Um, you kind of saw that you weren't really, you know, feeling a lot of this. It reminded me of something, and I just brought it up then. Matthew of Botchamania put out a tweet earlier, which I, I kind of really appreciate and really sort of resonated with, which is uh, the section of AEW Dynamite that assumes you were watching New Japan seven years ago and are still into that isn't for me anymore. <laughs> 
I'll keep watching the show for the normal reason. Kingston, Pack, Conti, Hook, and skip the elite bits until Hangman wakes up and challenges for the belt. Hey, I'm happy for the people who were watching New Japan back then and are still into this stuff today. I was watching US Indies and ICW back then, so I'm sure if Super Dragon and Grado show up and do dramatic scenes on Dynamite, <laughs> I'd be loving it. Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, I've seen some people. I did, that's. I think that's the sort of reasonable approach to this. The oh, okay, like I like the elite. Uh, I love them, and I think they are very capable of very deep character stories. But they do have quite a high miss rate. You know, like look at Kenny Omega through 2019 and early 2020. Look at the Bucks' uh, initial run, and a lot, to be honest, of their tag team title feuds. They're very sport like the matches are always phenomenal, but there's these weird like sports entertainment y jumble raffle things to decide <laughs> number one contenders. The FTR and, feud was far from perfect. Yeah, and I just I, I sort of forgotten what I was I was building up to there in my in my sort of hot tag. But I just that that side of AEW isn't as intriguing to me anymore. Yeah, yeah, I, I kind of get what you mean. And like at the start of the show, they had a hangman match where he was uh, facing off against who did he face? Max Caster. And Kester. like they were putting over that like Hangman Page is the number one contender. He has been the number one contender, but he's ranked number one. And there was this part of me that was like, oh, that's really interesting. He is a man who is currently ranked number one but does not seem to be interested in going after the world mm. champion. That's a really like kind of intriguing story. That's an interesting wrinkle to the character. It's almost like Hangman doesn't want to admit that he's ranked number one, because that yeah. means stepping into the ring to face Kenny Omega, which is something that he isn't quite ready to do yet. So I, I think that there's some really interesting stuff in all of that. And I was really I kind of into that story. And then, you know, you get to this main event. And yeah, I'm like, I'm kind of into the Young Bucks to like aligning with Kenny. But like, as I said, like, I think because it's a bit jumbled, right, because we've already seen them align and then sort of split away and then just align again, that I'm not really sure, like, how I'm supposed to feel about them. And because, yeah, they're conflicted, but they were conflicted last time that they threw up the two suite. So is this just what they did last time? And we're just going to get the same thing where they're going to be like, actually, Callus is a knob and we're not going to be siding with you again. And essentially, you've just, well, yeah, cool. We've just seen that story. Literally, that's part of the story you're currently telling. So I, it's not massively what it's not it's not brilliantly like lit me like on fire like it's not like i'm not like burning to see this so i remember what i was gonna say i think that's the reasonable response is oh i'm just it's not it's not of the caliber that i expect of aew and definitely not their main event storylines but i have seen some people um apparently wade keller's podcast was like this is the worst thing of all time what and, and, you know like i know and uh, there's a lot of people who were like this is just trash this was the worst thing that AEW have ever done and i thought how, how can you see stuff through that lens as yeah. you're not approaching it as a as as a an actual thing then you're bringing in too much baggage and i'm not saying i'm free of baggage i know we we, we are loaded with khan coin here at wrestle talk <clears throat> but i uh, I just I just don't get the the extreme levels of hate on this either. Well, yeah, but like we are in an age where it is like it is either good or it is the worst thing ever. 
and I think mm. that like you know if if that's Keller's like position on it, then I guess it's just because well I don't think it's good and I'm not enjoying it. Ergo, it must be the worst thing this company has ever done. And you know what? In a couple of weeks' time, there'll be an angle that he likes slightly less, and that will be the worst thing that this company has ever done. But actually, like I think that is a complete massive overreaction. Uh, speaking of mass overreactions, shall I do the the crazy production levels and share? my screen Ooh. oh god oh god let me find the tweet first <laughs> have you seen the young bucks tweet i have not seen the young bucks tweet oh. no oh i think this is actually genius uh share share screen don't share the porn don't share the porn oh i'm always scared of doing a jbl um, so this is a Young Bucks tweet. It was posted after the show. It said, please refrain from any negative or toxic comments in our mentions tonight. If so, we'll unfortunately delete our Twitter account again. Thank you. Have a great night. And this is playing into, I think it was two Christmases ago, where they deleted all their social media because of concerns over their mental health. And it has got a lot of people. Uh, to me, I read that and I was like, oh, it's a work. Yeah, totally. They're what they're what like. That's actually a very funny response to all of this. That is them leaning into the fact that they deleted their social media over negative criticism, right? And like that is that's them leaning into their like, to uh, something they were fallible for a couple of years ago. That, that's quite a clever response. Let's see what at Ring Falcon Brand says. See, this is what grinds my gears. People can't take negative criticism. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> We've got a at Joker underscore the man. Man, I remember when grown men dominated wrestling. Now it seems like it's overrun by middle schoolers who think they're bad asses, that's in quotes for podcast listeners, and do the same flips and moves every week and threaten to leave Twitter when people tell them the truth about their bad booking or storytelling. So, yeah. Yeah. This person's, also... this person's on point. I'm just confused by the story you're trying to tell right now. <laughs> <laughs> that's me. And I start. Yeah. Like it is, um, I mean, we are in sort of a weird uh, time at the moment as well, like in this past week, because Seth Rollins did that interview where he was like, oh no, WWE's not bad. It's just your, you fans are wrong. Uh, it's actually mm. a brilliant product. It's just you, you, you just are automatically going to hate anything that we do. And then Pete Rosenberg posting up that video where it's just like, fans, like don't listen to reviewers, <laughs> specifically Meltzer, because they're <laughs> also wrong and they have wrong opinions. You should just like what we're doing. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Or do you want some more wrong opinions, Luke? Let's listen to those hyper chats or the Omega chats. There's an AEW stream. WrestleTalk.com forward slash support. Go over there. We'll read out every single Omega chat before the end of the show. We have a lot of links to come your way to promote. By the way, I'm sorry. It's WrestleMania season. It's all kicking off. Anthony Velasquez, the Elite versus Hangman page and the Dark Order in a future program. Yes, please. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, there's a lot to come out. There's a lot of good that can come out of this. The end goal of Hangman finally dethroning Kenny Omega, I still think, is an amazing end <clears> goal <throat> to all of this. Karen Mercher, Merchandandini. So the main event angle is one that expects viewers to know New Japan's history and has a tag team that has turned heel, even though they just barely became faces and randomly were heels before that for like a month. This is big show territory. So Karen, mm-hmm. not into this at all. I don't think you need to know about the New Japan stuff. I think my, my problem is the story they've told in AEW. Yeah, and I actually think that even if you weren't watching New Japan and like you know this intricately, I think that the commentary team have done a really good job of getting that over and explaining to you as a new viewer what the story and the relationship is to this. I I think like credit to AEW, I think they have essentially brought in or brought those new eyes up to date with the story that they have been telling. If you were watching seven years ago, then you probably are getting slightly more out of it. But I think that, yeah, Excalibur and Callus on commentary are doing a really smart job in keeping people up to date as it, as it currently stands. Sorry, did I see here Kenny saying prove it to the bu- the Bucks at the end before they super kicked Mox, who was held up by the Good Brothers? They're playing the long game with us. I'm personally all for it, but get that some aren't happy. It's a bit Roman Reignsy tribal chiefy in that regard. Uh, Mark L, I wanted to clarify before this podcast begins that I was in no way advocating for the Young Bucks turning on Mox. That's how I wanted this storyline to go. Just that it seems so obvious after last week's episode. Mox has to stick around until the Blood and Guts pay-per-view now, right? Uh, Maybe that's going to be a TV show, not a Mm pay-per-view. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, Peter Mullins. Sorry, go on. 
Peter Mullins. I'm with Mr. Davis. I mean, I am, but specifically with the Bucks. They should have gone with something like the Stephanie McMahon slowly smiling and hug with Triple H. He'll turn to fully commit to the bit. I trust AEW to do good here, but simple is also good. Uh, the human Godzilla feels like the Bucks are just spinning their tires. They didn't advance the story here. The Bucks are exactly on the same conflicted position they were three weeks ago during the Kingston beatdown. Yeah. Uh, new yeah. Punk rants. The Bunks Omega Moxley stuff had me in tears. The layers on layers. I'm in for all of it. I'm also super excited for QT Marshall's QT Marshall to show why he's the most underrated guy in wrestling. Our go go debut is hype. I love pretty much everything. We'll get on to that QT promo. It was great. David 99 Mets. I really hope the Bucks turned or a turning full heel for the sole purpose of the tag matches that they would have. Imagine heel Bucks versus best friends. Now face uh, a face. Uh, Proud and powerful, my most anticipated one, Heel Bucks versus Top Flight. Well, next week we've got the Bucks versus Death Triangle, which I am incredibly excited for. That would be so much more fun if they were just full on heels. Mm, yeah. Uh, Austin Falco, I'm hoping this week's actions lead to Mox costing the Bucks the titles next week. Oh, wow. And them going full heel. Plus, Pack and Phoenix with the belts can lead to some great matches, feuds centered around the titles instead of them being a side piece in the elite story. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yep, that's a good idea. I mean, they only have had like one feud since winning the belts, which was with uh, Jericho MJF. So, yeah, I think like maybe them taking the belts off them might allow some other tag teams to shine. That's a really interesting point. Peter Mullins, leaving Twitter. Damn it, young bucks. I remember when men were guns. <laughs> <laughs> hashtag gun that gun. Hashtag lads, lads, lads. And finally for now, Christopher Jazzcat. Super kicks aren't the same without Steve Carino yelling, super kick. I was watching New Japan seven years ago, so I'm loving all of this. And I would also pop if Super Dragon showed up. Bucks came to South Australia a lot. I'll love them forever. Haters gonna hate. Yes. Uh, get into all your Omega chats to wrestletalk.com forward slash support. And while you're down in that link section, also go to beer52.com forward slash wrestletalk to get yourself a free case of eight craft beers, UK viewers only. Luke's going to tuck mm -hmm. into one now. Yes, he sure is. Wait for the Foley, everyone. Wait for it. Yes, there it is. Mm -mm. Oh, it's a stout. So you, you have the... Oh, do you? Mm. I'm on the wrong section. Oh, I've mate. Got the Kaveg the IPA? I mean, no? it's, it's because this uh, this company, uh, Avans, does not label then what the beer is called. It's just got a really nice funky label to it. But it is. You'll really like this as a stout. It's very chocolatey. Very, very lovely. It says it's an IPA. That one. No, it's a different one, mate. What one have you got? <laughs> I've got one with like it's like Ooh. orange and black on it. That one. I don't think it's that one either. It's a different design. Oh, 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 that one. That's the one. There we go. Yes, it is. It's a double. It's not mm. a stout. It's something called a double. D B B E L. And tastes like a well, stout. I, I like it for that. Six percent though. Jeez, that'll knock your tits off. Maybe <laughs> maybe it's a, a Belgian stout. Clean and dark colored. This beer is a mouthful of Munich. A mouthful of Munich. Uh with a layer of candy. 
Belgian grown goldlings. Yeah, very malty, very smooth, very sweet. Mmm. It's sweet. Well, I like that. Try like for that yourself. Beer52.com forward slash wrestle talk. Also, a huge thank you to Beer52 because they are also providing a one year subscription to Beer52 and Manscaped to providing two. Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0 kits to anyone. It's like not anyone, actually. What's the best way to word this? Anyone who donates over £20 or more to the, the fund to shave my hair. The link's also in the video description below. Um, everyone over 20 quid will get entered into a prize draw and they can win one of those three prizes. So thank mm -hmm. you to them. But don't donate. Whatever you should you do. donate, though. Absolutely, people, we need you to donate. Oliver Davis, Mr. Davis, believes that you're all cheapskates and won't donate money to charity to raise money for a really, really good cause. And if we do hit our £10,000 limit, our £10,000 goal, he will shave his head bald. I'm actually holding a Manscaped Perfect package there in my right hand. Um, so please all do go and uh, support the link that's in the video description down below. Get this man to shave his head prove that you are an excellent loving awesome community that we all know that you are we have already got 1348 pounds 13 percent of the target is already there we're not even at wrestle jamia yet we're not even at wrestle jamia we've got two whole nights of wrestle jamia yet to come we are going to smash this target let's smash it by all clicking the link in the video description down below donating to get this man to shave his silly silly face not gonna happen Let's do the AEW Dynamite play-by-play -play review because it's Thursday. You know what that means. It's Dynamite time. So the show kicked off with a really cool earlier today shot of like the car park, the park in London, America, of all of these like black motorbikes and SUVs and a, a black Bugatti, I guess, driving into shot in this sort of coordinated way. And it's the inner circle all getting out. They look badass. Yeah, and it was also how um, Jericho arrived with um, MJF. Like, you remember they had their sort of cars like meet in the middle? Mm. Um, I wonder if there was um, some sort of, or either that or Jericho just thinks that they look really cool getting out of cars. Could be that they as well. They do look really cool <laughs> getting out of cars. But the first match was Hangman Page versus Max Caster. Max Caster had a, they're, they're so good, the acclaimed. They've got a really good act going on. They did the little rap beforehand. I can't wait for them to fully break out. Uh, it was a pretty long match, actually, and that was achieved by the acclaimed doing a lot of cheating. So Page never looked weak. Uh, he was just being, there was a lot of behind the referees back interference, chained fists. Uh, Bowens was getting involved. But ultimately, Page took them both out, doing a backflip off the apron to take out Bowens, kipped up, hopped onto the apron, buckshot Lariat in to win. Brilliant. Wicked, wicked finish. I loved the near fall. There was a, a moment when um, Bowens slid in the boombox, right? So, like, you know, a Hangman gets distracted by the boombox. And when Hangman and the referee were distracted by the boombox, Bowens slides in the gold chain. And then 
Max Caster wraps it around his fist and he clocks Hangman behind the referee's back, completely laid out. I totally bought that as a near fall because the commentary team were really putting over this idea. You know, Hangman is the number one, you know, he's ranked number one at the moment. Caster is ranked number three. So if he could get a win here, he's going to leapfrog over Hangman and get into that number one position. And I thought, oh, that might be a way for them to sort of delay the, the Hangman title thing that's a really cool way to get around and but like and it protects him in defeat and all of that but then it was actually so much more awesome for hangman to overcome the odds beat up both of them and hit the buckshot for the win i i loved it i thought it was a really really great match with a great great finish and it was national beer day so he had a pint afterwards you you guys get a pint as well, beer52.com forward slash wrestle talk. After that, we had Death Triangle come out. They were going to have an interview with Tony Schiavone in the ring to talk about their tag team title shot next week against the Bucks. But the best friends inter- like sort of interrupted them. They came out with Chris Statlander there and they played footage of when they all beat down Orange Cassidy at Revolution last year uh, after that sort of and throughout the year like they had like uh, multiple yeah. like videos of them just like uh, always beating up the best friends in various different locations around the country and you know they were being like you know hey we don't forget we just want to let you know the boys are back in town and we have an alien now is my internet okay i've got a warning signal yeah it, it's really just start to crap out for a second and you froze and you're a bit juddery He's left. He's going to come back in just a moment. Uh, Iron Mike Tyson was backstage with a lad. Uh, and then we got the big uh, inner circle. Oh, return. There he is. He's back again. Uh, I just thought about uh, Iron Mike hanging out backstage with some guy. Oh, yeah. Just uh, did you talk about best friends setting up a future title shot against Death Triangle? Do you, I mean, you take it away. I think that was really nice. A really nice touch. They were like, the Death Triangle were like, ah, we know why you're out here, really, because we're going to win the belts next week and you want to have a shot at them. So I thought that was really nice. It genuinely made me more doubtful over the Bucks retaining, that they're mm-hmm. setting up a different feud for yeah. Death Triangle. Yeah, uh, Tyson is sort of training. Uh, then we get the full inner circle return, which was them coming down to the ring. Jericho cut this lengthy but fantastic full-on babyface fire promo, essentially roasting every member of the Pinnacle, called MJF my jerk-off friend, called the Pinnacle the pineapple. And at the end, he booked it. He said, on May the 5th, which is an episode of Dynamite, not a pay-per-view, it's going to be the Inner Circle versus the Pinnacle in a blood and guts match. Oh. And they were basically, you know, we've been waiting a year to do this. Our last one got cancelled, so we're going to do it again. This, I, I, I run hot and cold with Jericho at times. There are times where I'm like, oh man, Jericho is like the coolest person. And then he puts a podcast out where he says like the Earth is made of cookies or something, and I'm just it's like, for heat. Maybe... I was we've like, been oh, through this. <laughs> Well, actually, maybe he's a bit of an idiot. And then, like, you know, he'll do something else. So I'm like, oh, no, maybe he is cool. And then I'll go on the Austin podcast. I'm like, maybe that's cool as well. And then you see the trailer's like, well, I think he's just going to talk about WWE stuff. That's less cool. And then he comes out and he cuts this promo. And I really honestly thought, I'm done with it. I'm done with Jericho as a wrestler because I, I, you know, I honestly thought I was like, I, I was kind of, I'm kind of I'm into the inner circle versus the pinnacle, but I think I'm more into the pinnacle than I am anything that Jericho is doing. And then Jericho cuts this promo. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you're one of the best ever. Like, you're one of the best ever to ever do this. God damn, you're a good talker. Holy heckins, this has made me so pumped for this feud. It was awesome. So, so awesome. 
he did that great Jericho thing that I think is the 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 peak of wrestling promo craft, and that is getting over your opponent while simultaneously trash talking them. So hard to do. And he said, like MJF, you're amazing. You're 25 years old. You're way better than I was at 25 years old. You're stealing all my gimmicks, and I'm older. I've got more experience. I just, I just brilliant. Um, now I've put in as an as a note here because Melcher has spoken a lot recently about how the more bloody hardcore direction of Dynamite seems to have turned off. Something has turned off female viewers in the last three months. Like that, it's significantly fallen uh, while the men's viewership is kind of held steady. So what is turning women off the product? Uh, there's, if anything, there's more women's wrestling on Dynamite than before. Oh? Uh, yeah, I think a lot of people have pointed this out to Melted before, but the challenge is on. And it's on MTV. And I think that's massively popular with uh, women in that demographic that AEW are going for. Ah. I, think that, I think that's what they're watching. A lot of people have said this to Meltzer on, on Twitter. I only, I only discovered what the challenge was a couple of weeks ago because it's now on Netflix here in the UK. And my wife was watching it. And there was a lad on there called Johnny Bananas. And I was like, this show is terrible. And it's full is, of pricks. Is it where you, you don't do the thing for... For like a week? No, no, no. I think that would actually be quite a good show. No, this is like some sort of like reality challenge TV show. I, I think it's actually spun off from like the real world. Like The Miz is one of the hosts. Oh. Because I came down and my wife was watching an episode and she was like, look, it's The Miz. And I was like, oh yeah, The Miz is hosting. Uh. And, I was like, <laughs> and I was like, oh, I can't escape him. And I was like, how did you know that was The Miz? And she was like, oh, because it, it, he literally said at the start of this, I'm WWE superstar The Miz. And I was like, that'll probably help. But she was like, otherwise wouldn't have had a clue. Okay, well that's that's good then because as we've seen on the Omega chat, I can't remember her name, uh, but she's Omega chatted in a few times over the last couple of weeks. She's like, "Hey, my flatmates, my female flatmates have loved all the violence. <laughs> like they love the <laughs> they Baker Rosen uh, match. So yeah, maybe, maybe. Well, that's good. Well, let's see what happens when the challenge goes away. Um, yeah. Can I just also stop you for a second? We have had a huge donation come in from John Santos, a.k.a. Rages Mayhem. $250 has been donated to Ollie Davis getting his head shaved. Huge. So what are we at now? I mean, dollars yeah. isn't sterling. Okay. Well, so it's 1,500. We're 15% of the way there now. 15%? We're not even at WrestleJam yet. Yeah? <sighs> okay. Well, you know, still, still ages to go. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Wesley Snipers has just donated a hundred dollars. It is creeping. It is creeping up. You see, you're not gonna do it, you ingrate fans. Honestly, the stuff I give you, and you're trying to get me to shave my wonderful, objectively well-styled hair. Unbelievable. Uh, after that, we had Christian Cage having an interview with Dasher. Taz interrupted and offered him a place on Team Taz. That's not yeah. going to happen, but it's it's going to be a feud. <laughs> well, do you know what? It, it delays Christian in getting to Kenny Omega, and I'm quite in for that. Like uh, The idea of Christian facing off against Ricky Starks or Powerhouse Hobbs or Brian mm. Cage is actually really cool. Like that is a, that, uh, Those are matches that I hadn't thought about. And I'm I'm kind of in for all three of those options. Definitely. Dasher, unfortunately, 
then did a terrible segue. She said, well, that's a massive opportunity. Speaking of massive, and she used that to intro the Jurassic Express Bear Country match. Yeah. Another segue. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I thought that's another company, Dasha. Yeah, yeah. That yeah, what yeah. you that that's that's the sort of segues from another yeah. company. Sometimes sometimes it's just in your DNA, isn't it? Like if you've just if you've been taught to do things a certain way, even when you go to work for another company, you're like, yeah, but in the old place, I used to do things this way. If you're so used to it, then sometimes it's hard to let that go. Well, speaking of Jurassic Express took on Bear Country uh, next in a match brought to you by Godzilla versus King Kong. The idea being Luchasaurus kind of looks like Godzilla and both members of Bear Country look like giant gorillas. So we had a, a good old fun action match here. Luchasaurus won. Yeah, that's promote a movie. As like movie promotional matches go, it was very, very fun. And I had a I had a fun time watching it. But Bear Country actually really got themselves over in all of this with their power spots yeah. and stuff. Like their um their assisted cannonball they do is brutal. It's so good. Um and yeah, they're basically just putting over the fact that like I love at the end of this, right? So like um Luchasaurus gets the win. Hits the choke slam and the moon salt. And then JR, and it was either JR or Excalibur, whoever <clears> it was, just did this great line where, we were like, huh, in this instant, the lizard won. But what will happen in the movie? Oh, we'll have to see what happens in cinemas. <laughs> I'm like, there it is. Driving it home. Love it. Uh, after that, we got what many are calling one of the best bits of the show. Uh, I really liked it. It's Cutie Marshall in the Nightmare Factory training center. Uh, in between two rings, he's sitting on the steel steps like a throne. I love that. I love that piece of staging. How has that not, like, how has that not been done before? If it has, I'm sorry, but I haven't seen it. And he's got his new faction around him of Komaroto, Solo, and the Go-Go, the O's, you know. And uh, he just cuts this, like, menacing cool promo about i can't remember what the the line was but it was about how you work you work for cody really you sort of work to get cody over in in this family uh and at the end a go-go had a little line being like i'm british and i'm gonna i'm well famous in my country and i'm gonna smash some heads in i was just like yes it did say i'm a household name in the uk and i thought i don't think you are mate (laughs) absolutely not I don't mind. I don't mind it. When he said it, I was like, okay, I'll go with that. I was like, I mean, I'm literally in my hair. You're not, though, are you? But uh, it's still a good <laughs> promo by everyone. Uh, I, and Agogo is going to have his debut match next week. He is a signing that AEW made very early on. Great, great talk, a great look. O- obviously, former professional boxer. This, this is like a, he is fully homegrown talent. So I'm very excited to see how he does. I'm so in for this faction because this faction has been designed to purpose to get over some new stars. And I'm so in for that. Like this is its sole purpose is we got like the we handpicked these three guys and we're gonna get them over. And there's gonna be like our next generation of talent. That's a great idea. That's a really, really smart idea. And that's such a Cody and QT thing to do. So I'm I'm all in for it. And they threw paint over the nightmare factory logo. That looked like genuine paint. Someone's <gasps> going to have to repaint that wall. 
It's not like the Bugatti where you can just wash it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sting had a promo. Of course, it got interrupted. Lance Archer came out. uh, Jake the Snake Roberts came out before, actually, and they just said how he's being passed over. Again, it's the same sort of stuff we've heard, but this time you had Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky watching on from the rafters. That's Sting's thing. And Sting cut a great promo, I thought, in response to Lance, saying, I agree with you. You should be, like, pushed to the main event. They did forget about you. Now use that to fuel yourself. And he walked off. Yeah. Tony uh, started this segment by saying, ladies and gentlemen, this never gets old. It's Sting. And I've written my notes here. I oh, will see, Tony. We'll see if this is getting old. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, the first thing I was like, yep, here comes Jake the Snake Roberts. Yeah, to interrupt Sting doing a promo. So actually, Sting cutting a promo was refreshingly new. Uh, to actually take the mic off someone and, and have a response. So yeah, I, I thought this was good stuff by Sting, but it is just, I mean, we've been saying it since he debuted in December, really. You keep putting him out on TV and doing the same segment every week. Yeah, keep him special, I think. Also don't know how Paige and Sky are going to factor into all of this, but we'll see. Team Taz had a little bit backstage. They're all okay, but they're totally not. And then we got Darby Allen versus JD Drake. Now, Drake's been on Dark, of course. I haven't really seen much of him. He's he's not that, like, he, he doesn't stand out, really. But I thought he was really good in this match, and he reminded me of early days Kevin Steen, you know, like, 08, yeah. 09, Mr. Wrestling Kevin Steen. Yeah, this was a real surprise to me. Like they, they set this up as an open challenge thing that Darby Allen had laid in. <clears throat> AD Drake was the, the man that stepped up to this. And I thought that, yeah, it's going to be a short match here just to give Darby a, a little win. But actually, this whole match was designed around JD Drake and like mm. there to be a showcase for him. And it was a really, really great showcase for him. He's like incredibly solid. And like as someone who was, you know, had not been on TV whatsoever on, on Dynamite. This massively got him over. I thought this was a big, big win, uh, really. And Darby, you know, in the end of it, managed to overcome the odds and hit an avalanche code red in the coffin drop to get the victory. I, I was a big fan of this. Really enjoyed it. Sting also chased off Ryan Nemeth, who is Dolph Ziggler's mm. real-life brother. And as Nemeth was running away, I was just like, oh, my God. They are the same person. The way they <laughs> flail, the way their hair goes everywhere. Incredible. Um, yeah, d- JD took 90% of this. Uh, I, I, there's been a lot of talk recently about AEW are trying to get too many people over. Like, focus on the people you've got. And I, I, with that in my head, I was like, I, I mean, I'm, I'm enjoying Drake, but is now the mm-hmm. time to do this when you've got Ethan Page and you've got other well, people? Yeah, quite. So uh, this was sent to me by Nate Craver, one of our website writers. Uh, it was someone uh, posted up on a uh, Lucha blog on Twitter. Uh, they did, a, uh, as they put it themselves, they did a journalism and they tracked how many people were featured on AEW Dynamite last night. Do you want to have a guess at how many wrestlers were featured on the show last night? Jeez, a lot, lot of tags, a lot of six mans, a lot of people around the ring. 40? 72. Ooh. Just wrestlers. <laughs> Just wrestlers that were like involved in like standing on the stage, being around the ring, inside the ring, cutting promos. 72 wrestlers were on the show last night. Oh man. I mean it's uh it's weird, isn't it? Because we've spent 10 years being you've got to invest in the future, you've got to build up new stars. And now it's happening. <laughs> I'm like, whoa, whoa, calm down, mate. <laughs> I do think there's I do think there's a balance though. And I, I I worry that that many faces 
becomes counterproductive to what you're trying to achieve. Bearing in mind as well, like some of those, uh, you know, like Dark Order's got 10 members in there and like Hardy's faction's got five, six people in Hardy's factions. There are like, you know, there's a lot of factions in AEW and there's a lot of people within those factions. So those numbers are going to be higher. But yeah, 72 was like, because I, because like Nate sent that to me and I'm like, that's not right. Like he's like, they're probably Mm. counting the wrestlers that are like in the crowd. You know what I mean? Just sort of like behind the barriers and stuff. It's not going to be so. Then I looked at it. I was like, oh no, no, he's right. Like that is 72 people. That is every single one of those was featured on camera at some point. After that, we had a bulk of those people run out to attack Derby. Uh, Team Matt, you know, his gang of people jumped Alan and then all of Dark Order and Sting ran out to fight him off and that sort of sprawled off into a a Ty Conti versus Bunny brawl, which he would fight later. This is ahead of Matt Hardy versus Darby Allen in a Fool's Count Anywhere match next week. Why, Matt, why? (laughs) He better be safe. I'm sure he... mm, I was about to say, I'm sure he will be, but I don't know. Because it's frigging Matt Hardy, isn't it? So you don't know, do you? After that, we had an awesome... Uh, follow-up segment to the Inner Circle return. The Pinnacle attack Jericho in a backstage interview. They bring him on stage. They're just beating the crap out of him. And you're like, well, where's the Inner Circle? Cuts backstage. The door, the locker room, which has been such a big part of this feud, really like that sense of building up space in this universe. Mm. They've locked the door. And freaking Hager, I presume, is just buffing it in from the outside. So it's cracking. Here's Hager going to do one of those. So Jericho's isolated in the ring. Who should run down to save him? But, of course, Mike Tyson, who I'd actually forgotten about. And he just looks awesome. Pinnacle run away. Sean Spears is a bit too slow. And Tyson, just this flurry of turbo fists is the only way I can describe them. Not all of those were worked. (laughs) <laughs> yeah i thought it was a really cool segment like I, I said my piece on on mike tyson last year and took some heat for it um i don't think he's as famous as he was 30 years ago i don't think that's that controversial to say it's, we can we can prove it i'm sure <laughs> tracker um but yeah, he, he did look cool here and he's gonna be um he's gonna be the special enforcer next week for jericho versus dax harwood dax harwood is an incredible tag team wrestler but recently on dynamite has been proving he's also an awesome singles wrestler so i'm actually really excited to see him versus jericho yeah cannot wait for that uh brit baker called the ranking system the ranking system bull s word uh in an interview with tony shivani I agree with her a bit, uh, but I really liked her line where she said it should be based on merch sales. <laughs> yeah, I like that. It should be based on star power and merch sales. <laughs> uh, but she's going to show up on all three shows. She's like, you better watch Dynamite, you better watch Dark, you better watch Elevation, because I'm going to be racking up my wins. Uh, I'm, I'm just so in love with Britt Baker at the moment and the, and the characters she's doing. I think it's so great. And a cool little act as well. You know, she's been a heel who's sort of chicken S-worded her way out of everything, and now she's actively being a fighting heel. Uh, and further in on the women's division, we had the Bunny versus Ty Conti in a singles match here. A lot of people at ringside. In an interesting way to build up Ty Conti versus Shida, really. Ty Conti's the number one ranked woman. And Shida kind of helped Conti to win when Bunny got a kendo stick, took out Shida and Conti, but then Shida took out the bunny, which means Ty Conti could win. Yeah, this was another great showing for Ty Conti, really, in all mm-hmm. of this. Um, they've been spending a lot of time on Dynamite for the last couple of weeks, like 
establishing her as like the ranked number one um, woman in the company to face off against Shida. And this was actually, you know, like what well, the first singles match the Bunny has had on Dynamite, it feels like. And she, yeah. it, it's a reminder of that Ali's an, a really, really good wrestler and someone that they probably could have utilized a lot better um in the two years that aw's been around i, I really really enjoyed this like conti hit the, uh, the take ko for a really really great near fall i and I, that made me think the bunny might be winning here maybe the bunny will um like leapfrog over her but there was just chaos at ringside and the hammerlock ddt by conti to get the win i, I thought conti looked great thought the bunny looked great it's made me excited for the feud with shida and it's furthering the stuff with dark order and the hardy family so big thumbs up all round. and then we had the trio's main event uh, after advertising a pretty packed show for next week as well. Overall, I that the main event wasn't super cool. It didn't have a, an amazing angle. In fact, I was a little bit underwhelmed by it, even though I shouldn't be because the Bucks turning heel should be a bigger deal, right? But the story leading up to it didn't make that happen. So I just gave it a three out of five. But that's, you know, by AEW standards, still very enjoyable with, brilliant matches and promos we've had another big donation in oscar oh, Munoz has, throw, has donated a hundred dollars oh. oh. big money coming in big money mats coming in but yeah no i, I enjoyed this show uh, like you i would have also given it a three out of five because i think like this is almost the base level of, of AEW dynamite which is just the yeah it's a really good show it's a consistently really good show and i enjoy a lot of it i don't think the main event angle really sort of hit me as i don't as it probably could have done we are possibly out of step though looking at the uh, response to the community tab 47 percent that it was a four out of five show with 29 percent agreeing with us saying it was three out of five 15% saying it was a full five out of five. They're a bunch of marks. Well, after that, of course, we've got WrestleMania weekend coming up. We've got NXT TakeOver tonight, but it is the new series, the new league, the new season of Wrestle League. So if you want to compete against all of us here at Wrestle Talk, me, Luke, Adam, Laurie, Pete, Andy, Louie, the Hot, the Tempest, the expanded family, the, the universe, go over to Patreon, Wrestle Talk's Patreon. That's right, I'm promoting yet another thing. Uh, and sign up there because it starts this sun this Saturday with WrestleMania Night 1 and it will continue all the way through to SummerSlam. So that's all of the pay-per-views you get to predict there. Um, and also, if you give $25 a month or more, you get a shout-out on this very show. It's the Hall of Fame of Pledgehammers, the roller coaster, Robert Acosta. The Vision, Adonis. The Rocket, Dan Van Sky. The British Bulldog, Philip J. Philip Boy J. Smith Jr. Back-to-back -back wrestling names that directly relate to people who went into the Hall of Fame this week. Shield Maiden, the Zornice. He's not a sexy man. Sorry, he's a sexy man, not an Andrew Gross man. Rob Steiner Recliner. The Knight Rider, Kit. Vito Ventura, Pet Detective. Kenny, everybody's got a price, Bryson. Manipulating Manny Umaria. 
And lastly, for this Hall of Fame class, on the 8th of April 2021, the incredible Tarzo. Thank you, everybody, ever so much. Go check us out over at Patreon, uh, WrestleTalk's Patreon. And WrestleTalk.com forward slash support. Get your Omega chats in now. We've got a bunch to get through, so let's rattle these off. The Adnap 2. The commentary was confusing at the end. They were putting the heel turnover like Austin joining McMahon, but didn't mention the Bucks looking conflicted. Personally, I'm over the conflicted Bucks. Yeah, I think we're we're both in agreement Mm -hmm. with you. Projection 2K. How would you have felt that Matt just turned heel and Nick was the one conflicted? It feels Nick is kind of in Matt's shadow. There's an interesting thing in there because like Nick wasn't the conflicted person in all of this. Like Matt was the one who didn't want to be wrestling against. Like he was the one who was constantly stopping doing the moves. When they set up to do the BTE, Nick was quite happy to do the BTE, but Matt was the one that couldn't do it. So it then felt very weird that just 30 seconds later, Nick was like, oh, cool, I'll super kick her Mox and just <laughs> hang out with Omega then. Yeah, I'll, I'll hug him. See, I, I hope there is something in that. Malcolm Brown, Mox and Kingston are going to win these tag titles down the road from the Bucks. I'm all for that. Perfect way to transition Mox from the world title scene for now. Perhaps, but, you know, he's also going to take some time off at some point. Yeah, I don't, I, you've got a lot of other tag teams. We don't need two single stars winning those belts. Charles Berg, hey guys, here to give Ollie his quarterly reminder to find some buttermilk. Thank you. Uh, I like the young bucks until they start talking. They sound like people pretending to be bad actors. I just can't take them seriously when they talk. Mind the mi- minority here. Jam that jam. I've definitely seen the bucks do great promos, but they're not yeah. known as promo people. They're, they're wrestler, in-ring wrestlers. Yeah. Uh, New Punk rants. I just can't agree that the bucks are heel. Now, I get that they were mad at Mox for Mox getting mad, but Don spoke in Matt's ear. Matt looked like he was given no choice, and I don't think Kenny noticed Don coercing Matt either. Matt totally had a choice, though. Like, Matt and Matt picked the heel option of those choices. <laughs> the jam one, bull dolly. I didn't hate the Bucks turning on Mox, but I didn't like it either, as it was very predictable. The Bucks need to fully commit to either being full heel or full babyface because their tweener characters are not working for me. Seth Morgan. Hey, Luke and Ollie. I believe that Mox and Kingston are going to challenge the Bucks for the tag titles at Double or Nothing. What do you both think? I like, I mean, I know you said you're not into the idea of the two single stars, but I actually kind of am into Moxley and Kingston versus the Bucks for the titles. If the Bucks go fully heel, yeah, I'd be into that, but not as the story currently stands. The Jam One ball, Dolly. With Paige being the number one ranked guy and commentary really putting that over, I wonder if it if that eventually leads to Paige coming out to save Mox and Eddie to confront Omega to lead into the next pay-per-view. Yeah, six-man tag, Moxley, Kingston, and Page versus the Elite. I, I, that's that's very interesting. Sarah Sullivan, P, part one, uh, PT1. I wish the Young Bucks didn't join Omega. I feel the story could have been told better if Kenny had surrounded himself with people who are using him. Kenny lost his true pals through Callus's corruption. I feel Young Bucks joining ruined the story of Kenny going crazy. Are the Young Bucks going crazy like Kenny too? They gave up on Hangman's friendship when he was being tormented by his feelings towards himself. Kenny has fallen down the rabbit hole further than Hangman, but they join him and think his actions are okay? I wonder if we'll get like an explanation promo like next week. I Oh, we've got a part three from Sarah Sullivan. Kenny being tormented and becoming insane by Callus shouldn't be spread to others. I feel like the Young Bucks will turn face before Hangman beats Kenny, which would totally ruin Hangman's redemption story arc of beating Kenny and turning him face again. Yes, yeah, so a lot of... I, yeah, I... I 
there's a lot of elements to this story, and I, and I think it's kind of tripping over itself. Stephen Atkin, Matthew's point about the Super Elite storyline being for late 2010s New Japan fans is spot on. I wasn't a New Japan fan myself, and so I've never felt the hype with the Elite. Maybe it wouldn't be so bad if both the world and tag titles were wrapped up in this story. Yeah, I wonder if that's if they weren't wrapped up in this story. Yes. But I, I like the yeah. fact that they are in this story, because it does make it feel main events. A hot tag I'll, to I'll, you hot tag in on the subject of blood and guts bacon rashes says hi lads what a great night of wrestling we must always uh we must always wrestle talk as new japan and nxt and AEW put on an amazing show mr davis the news earlier gave me an idea instead of blood and guts call it jag wars thanks for all the <laughs> great content you busy boys out f everything uh sorry says damn it jericho is good that's it nothing to add love the chess pieces moving all around the board at the moment in aew Ben Morris said, AEW is where it's at. Love the Jericho promo. Keep the lo- uh, the hair loose. <laughs> Keep the hair loose, the hair, Ollie. I don't care. Uh, quote the splook never more. Jam that jam. Good luck with 10K. <laughs> um, where are we with that, actually? Just a quick update, because it's now at 17%. 17 percent it's actually nearly at 1800 pounds thank you all so so much um kevin says jericho is the goat he's so great with the crowd i was a bit skeptical with the inner circle turning face but the immortal promo was amazing best thing on the show apart from every calibus excalibur interaction they're really <laughs> funny together Richard Dressler says, given tonight's events, do you think the blood and guts match will be the obvious five on five or will it be six on six with Tully and Tyson added to the match? Don't think AEW would bring Tyson back without a bigger plan in mind. The bigger plan, uh, Richard, is he's the special guest enforcer for next week's show, a show that they have taped. That's the big plan. Uh, he adds, I've said Jericho is my all-time favorite wrestler for 20 years now, and I think he cut the best promo of his life on this episode. It's just the latest example of why he should be considered for the Mount Rushmore of all-time great wrestlers. I personally think I've seen better Jericho promos, but that's not to undermine this one. It was excellent. And I don't think add Tully or Tyson, though. No, I agree. He also adds that the acclaim should be pushed to the moon. And Hello says, on Twitter, MGF said Blood and Guts is Jericho's biggest mistake. I say Jericho performing in that Sturgis, which was linked to uh, 250,000 cases and having his wife at the January 6th Washington thing might be bigger mistakes. Maybe the third biggest mistake? Hey, uh, alleged. I don't know if we have to chuck alleged in there. Also, it's heel heat. Heel heat. It's all the heel heat. He's getting the heel heat. Uh, Stephen Guzman, I honestly could see Best Friends and Death Triangle being the two teams to compete for the trios title when it's introduced or be the finals of that tournament. The only problem is I love both so much to see either lose would make me big sad. Yeah, big I agree. Sad. Alistair Gammond, can we get a Pentas Says shirt for Alex Abrahantes, maybe? This is my two hours a week I was talking about on Tuesday Raw Reviews. I loved every second. Uh, I, believe Alistair, I believe, Alistair, that T-shirt does exist. Colostopia, we have Death Triangle, Best Friends, and Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky might team up with Archer for more trios uh, for the titles. That's a good point. And uh, Nick Corvello, I'm still loving Sheeda being allied, 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 allied with Dark Order and Conti. But it's a shame that it took until the last five minutes of the Bunny Conti match for commentary to acknowledge Sheeda being at ringside. I thought she only came out later on. That's yeah, why. that's what I thought as well. Still hoping for a Bunny versus Shida match after Conti's and Nick Corvello again. Baker's title chase announcement was interesting with how she presented her argument. I'm still hoping she doesn't get the title match until after Double or Nothing or that Shida can maintain her win streak at Double or Nothing. Fighter Fest is good for it. 
yeah, um, I don't know because yeah, there's a lot of people who are kind of onto this like uh, Shida uh, pay per view streak. But if it's not really part of the story, then I don't think it's the worst thing if it does end. Um, RP Deegan says, "What is it with AEW and having heel groups run from one old man? First team Taz ran from slow walking Sting on his debut. <laughs> now the Pinnacle all bailed from the ring because a retired boxer came out. There's six of them. They should act like it." I don't know. If Mike Tyson's running towards you, I don't care how many people I've got with me. Nick Corvello, last Omega chat before I leave and watch this later. Really liked Lance Archer and Sting going meta in their promos about interruptions and Archer's stop-start push. It seems the Bucks are taking on multiple face heel turns so Paul White doesn't have to. <laughs> Nate S, I thought when Sting was telling Jake to lead Lance to the main event, he was going to say something along the lines of, oh wait, you uh, never got there. How can you lead them? Maybe that will be a callous line if Lance goes for Kenny. That's a killer line. Mm-hmm. Sorry, was I the only one who got a bit worried about the Darby Hardy having a false count anywhere match? Then I realized it's pre-taped, so they can control it. Plus, did not see that statement coming from Sting. Archer's reactions were great. Yeah, I also was worried. I still am. I don't care if it's pre-taped. He'll find a way. Nate, I want Hangman to stay the number one ranked guy for a long time, but others get the title shot. Then finally, Tony asks him about that, and he admits he refused the title match because he's not ready. Uh, doesn't want to be to a friend, something like that. Yeah, I think in that, like Tony would have, like he'd have already had that conversation with Tony, I think, because Tony would have had to have been the one to make the matches. But I love the idea of, of Hangman being the number one ranked guy, but not going for the title because he doesn't feel like he deserves it. I think that's a really interesting character thing. Uh, New Punk Rand said, maybe it's just because I only exclusively watch AEW, but I notice a lot of subtle nuances. Callus talking in Matt's ear. It's not a heel turn. I think Don has a hold of the Bucks, uh, like Blackmail, and is also working Kenny. It's 4D chess, in my opinion. I'm invested. I'm glad you're into it. I think it's a bit muddled. Myron Speed, I'm curious, what do you lads think AEW needs to do to make Team Taz work? To me, none of the guys feel cool or as over as they were before the fracture was formed. Maybe Hook does. I don't think I want to see them break up, but it isn't working. They definitely peaked pre-Sting. Mm. Um, they were sort of sacrificed to the, the Sting eternal interruption feud. Just some wins. Get a title. Uh, Magnus Wade Keller not being impressed by something. Who knew? Anyway, <laughs> the show was watchable. New Punk Rants, last thoughts. Bear Country is my new favorite tag team. Britt Baker is my all-time favorite woman wrestler ever as of last night. I just need two hours of The Butcher. Evil Uno is the coolest man ever. Who did do Carrera needs to debut? I love AEW. Seconded um, on The Butcher. Mark L, Cage versus Cage in a cage match. New Punk Rant says QT Marshall, amazing trainer, great promo, DDP spirit, great wrestler, funny, intense promos, massively underrated, will be a mega star. I've held that since day one. Plus, he's a huge credit for a lot of the new talent improving. QT is the man. Mega star seems a stretch, but yeah, I think he's going to get this new group over. Very solid hand. Mm. But the purpose of this faction isn't to make him, him a mega star. No, it's to make the other guys the big stars. Peter Mullins, I'm a boxing MMA fan. When a go-go appeared, I thought, I vaguely remember you from bronze at London 2012. <laughs> One legit thing, he retired from boxing after being punched blind. He's not allowed to drive. So I have to see a guy Ooh. transition into a new career. Wow. Yeah, oh, I knew he won yeah. an Olympic medal. 
Seth Morgan, double or nothing predictions. Moxley, uh, Moxley and King versus the Young Bucks. Baker versus Shida versus Conti. Cody versus QT. Uh, Death Triangle versus Best Friends. Omega versus Hangman. Allen versus Jungle Boy with Page and Scorpio Sky versus SCU. What do you think? Yeah, that I mean, it looks like a killer card, but I don't think they'll do Omega Hangman that early. Tyrone Kid, interesting take. After watching NXT TakeOver, I noticed that I do not like Eli Drake's character. He seems really generic, and we know he can be better. I think Drake and Ethan Page should switch places because I think Page would do better. Thoughts? Well, it's not on Drake. It's on the, the booking team that NXT give him. Christopher Jazzcat, Super Dragon, Mr. Wrestling Kevin Steen. Can we just gush about how great the indies were back in the day? Still holding out hopes that we might see Steen Erico and Red Dragon be allowed to wrestle a style that showcases them best someday in AEW. What do you... Well, we, we get great Carl O'Reilly, I guess, yeah. We got some great Red Dragon matches in NXT. We really did. Uh, Gabriel Caruso. Hey, guys, 72 wrestlers on Dynamite. I think more the better. If you get a new wrestler on the flagship program, gets them notoriety, they'll bring new eyes to other products, Dark and Elevation. The new generation of fans is all over YouTube. I disagree with the fundamental idea there. I I think less is more in in all the time, really. I, I, I've got a good Stalin quote. Mm-hmm. Quantity is a quality all of its own. Stalin said that. Not a guy to follow. Yeah, and also, like, I know there are there is an argument that, like, oh, people don't watch TV anymore. People just watch things on YouTube. And I think there is perhaps an argument in there. But while you can make some quite good money on YouTube, like WWE made a billion dollars from a TV deal, and AEW have become profitable because of their TV deal. Like, that's where the money is. Uh, Malcolm Brown, I love it when women and men have connecting stories. I would never have guessed Matt Hardy in the Dark Order being supporting characters in a women's feud. Uh, Good Dharma says, I think TK is trying his best to feature as many wrestlers as possible since AEW is the only income for some extras and stuff. I guess TK sees AEW as a Marvel Universe when you have multiple storylines, but you resonate more with one than the others. Yeah, I've thought about that as just, it's kind of a goodwill, charitable thing to get more people on the card. And I, you know, if that is the, the reason underlying it, then I'm not going to argue with that. I think that's very, very lovely. Hot tag back to you. Mate, S, wouldn't, wouldn't it be worse to be in the middle of the centipede than the end? Think an emoji. Yes, yeah, it would. Also on the bright side, Ollie, after you lose your hair, you might be able to count to 21. Hashtag small peen big bush. I don't get the 21 joke. Do you not? Is Dick's the other one? Like is Dick's the, the, the one in 21? You have 10 fingers, 10 toes, and your dick, 21. Oh. Would you look at that, Richard Dressler? Also, like, that's in reference to because um, he said that MJF is going to—they're going to make a, a human centipede out of the pineapple, and MJF mm. will be at the end. But yeah, I think Nate Yes is right. You don't want to be in the middle. Richard Dressler, this five pound goes to Mister Davis not shaving his head. Thank you. Big dumb American here who isn't sure what the difference is. Uh, Bacon Rasher. Hi again, lads. I just want to wish you both and everyone in the SWAF Nation a very happy day after amazing wrestling day. Let's hope we can get sleep patterns sorted for the next week. Also, let's get Louis on Gallows and Anderson for Just Giving page. Jam that jam. Let's do it. <laughs> hmm. 
uh, Rain Tech. This week's episode, AEW did enough for a really decent but not amazing show. I think on May 5th, we see more than one blood and guts match. Oh, I don't think so. Inner Circle versus Pinnacle, but maybe Elite versus Mox, Kingston and Death Triangle, Dark Order versus Hardy Brand as well. Oh, don't. Oh, no. I don't think they'll do that. They are very protective over their gimmicks, as they should be. You shouldn't put stipulation matches all over a card because it makes it so harder, so much harder for everyone else doing that match. You want to save all the spots for that one match, not spread it out. You don't, like The worst thing is to have multiple Hell in a Cell matches on a card or multiple ladder matches. Sorry, I, I hate that idea. <laughs> I, I hate it as well. But like, yeah, like WWE's biggest mistake they ever made was A, having a pay-per-view based around Hell in a Cell, but B, having multiple Hell in a Cell matches on that show because it completely devalues it. Look at TNA's lockdown. TNA's lockdown is a messy, messy pay-per-view. They just kept doing it year after year after year. And it just like, most of the matches don't actually matter. It's only a handful of the cage matches that did, or even just one. So just focus on that one. Kevin May has uh, put in an Omega chat about not being a fan of Mike Tyson being included on the show because, of course, Mike Tyson's uh, very controversial and criminal past. Um, yeah, I he's sort of accepted back into mainstream popularity as as someone who's what's the word sort of made up for those sin, not made up for those sins, but you know he's he's done his time, etc. That was a long, long time ago. But yeah, it is it, it is a charged subject. Uh, burnt dried chicken. I am burnt dried chicken without flavor because of Randy Orton burning the fiend. It's Randy's fault. By the way, AEW Dynamite was a solid show last night. Honestly, did not like the way the Young Bucks turned heel. Yeah, I think you're... We all are on that opinion. Nades might have been after they went off air, but the Bucks went full heel after the match. Beat down Eddie even worse. Nick had his hurt leg and had his hurt leg in a submission, and Matt had him in a cross face while the rest of the elite egged them on. So Nate uh, S must sure, have been I'm, there I'm sure at the was, show. Uh, I'm sure it was uh, uh, Don Callis, um, really, at the end of the day. <laughs> Burnt dried chicken. I really like the Hardy family office faction. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're a fun little group. Sarah Sullivan's got another part to her epic... Uh, put, put them all in one. Try and get it to one... Omega chat next time, Sarah. Maybe I'm looking into it way too much. I just feel like the this story of Hangman versus Omega, good versus evil, could be ruined by this moment in the future. Anyway, hope you guys are good and thank you for everything, Kiss. At least Hangman's still hot. Oh yes, he uh, yeah, is. He is a beautiful, beautiful man, Sarah. I, I, I mean, I don't want to sort of like. I, I don't think there's too much to be worried about in all of this. Like, I think this will be. You know, how, like De- Deborah was the manager for The Rock for a couple of weeks, but like no one really remembers that bit. They just remember the epic match we got at WrestleMania X Seven. Like, I think this may just end up being like one of those sorts of things. Burnt dried chicken. Big shout out to Will Ospreay. He deserves the opportunity to represent New Japan. I hope United Empire makes an appearance in AEW when the pandemic is officially over. Oh my God, yes, please. And finally, Rangers Mayhem. What do you think of Hangman winning the TNT Championship and then trading it in for an AEW title shot similar to the X Division title in TNA days? No, not for me. I don't think you should make titles seem so obviously second fiddle. Yeah, exactly. That's the one. I think it was one of the worst things that could have happened to the X Division title. Was it just became a a, a, a trophy, not something to be proud of, just something that you can hope to hold on to to trade for something that's better. Also, burnt dried chicken. Getting in another one. Do you see AEW doing a three-hour dynamite show, only reserving it for a TV special? 
no i don't it's it's down to tnt if tnt wanted it then AEW may do but like I, it depends on if tnt wanted it but tnt have got their movie that they like to do on a wednesday night at that slot mm. it's usually the phantom menace or something so um they i don't know if they'd want to encroach on that i encroach on that rather Apparently, it was an absolutely terrible MMA promotion called One last night with production issues all over and uh, some dodgy finishes. I don't need to ask you what you're doing for this weekend because I know what you're doing for this weekend. You're seeing a whole lot of me. Yeah, and I'm not going to shave my hair at the end of it. That's what's not happening. If you missed all the plugs... Go over to justgiving.com forward slash fundraiser forward slash wrestle jam. Yeah. I think yeah. that there's a link somewhere that you can click. There's, there's a link in the podcast description. And don't donate because I'm only going to shave off my hair if I hit £10,000 for calm, which I know you're not going to do, you lazy ingrates. Um, I was, uh, so I'm going to, if it happens, which it won't, I'm going to shave off the middle line of my head and then i'm going to do the rest of the shaving on quizzle mania so when you say the like how wide uh, are we going down the middle of your head the width of a manscaped razor the lawnmower oh, trimmer okay. yeah, yeah. So just going, like just one one thing so i'd imagine that's probably like yeah yeah i think that's it's a pretty sizable thing with your hair as wild as it is currently how wide do you think I should go? Because obviously I mean, there's the widow's will, peak. Will it go thing. through? Will it actually like go? Will it cut through know. the hex? It's so long. Are you proposing a new YouTube series? Will it? <laughs> will it manscape? <laughs> God, what I mean, was going on with Andy's gooch fascination there, yesterday? I'm just going to say there's some good thumbnails mm. in Will It Manscape. That's really good. You holding the razor item there. Big like struggle, huh? Yeah, YouTube right there, and and an iPad. Will <laughs> will the iPad <laughs> be manscaped? That's what they sure. do, isn't it? We'll we'll talk about Andy's obsession with your good mm. shortly. But like when we were at the uh, YouTube Christmas party the other year, and we were chatting to that kid who was like at university, and he was putting himself through university by his second YouTube channel because his first YouTube channel was so successful that he'd sold it to a company and then used the money from that one YouTube channel to just buy a compressing machine. Yeah. And I was like, oh, cool. What's your, so what's your channel? And he goes, I just, I crush things. I've just got a big crusher and I've got like 25 million subscribers and I just, I just crush things. And I, and there's me and you thinking, man, we put so much work into like news <laughs> videos and stuff for a fraction hey. of this. He's going to put a lot of work into crushing because he's got to stretch that video out for eight minutes <laughs> when there's really only three seconds there. Depends on how slow the crushing is, I guess. Mm. Uh, yeah. So, and Andy, Andy on my gooch. He had a big hey, day yesterday, going did, from the, the highs of his music video punishment, which I cannot get out of my head. Masterful job taking on Carmella's Fabulous and the style of El Devo, to, to sort of just weirdly talking about my Gucci a lot on the yeah. WrestleMania predictions. Well, he sort of got a reaction out of you. And like, you know, going by the comments, he was probably the most over person. There was a comment that said, Adam's not the draw. Ollie is not the draw. Andy is the draw right now. He's the biggest star that this channel has. 
Some people just want to watch the world burn. <laughs> should we do? Should we do predictions for our own Wrestle Jamia? Not on us, of course. Oh, I'm going to win. Yeah. But who? Who do you think is going to win night one out of I think, uh, Laurie I think and Andy? I know that like oh. Laurie's picked like Bobbles to retain, but I think he's on the money with everything else. So I th- and they've got three differences. So I think that Laurie is going to retain on night one, and then I think Adam might have it on night two. But who's going to become the uh, the number one contender? Oh, I mean, what is the okay. post Jamia landscape going to look like? It, I mean, it all depends. I think the the you know it all relays or relies rather on the shoulders of Tempest and Pete's first mm. round in the Jam that Championship Gauntlet. I if Tempest wins the coin toss, I can see him like Kofi Kingston and like going all the way. Oh, the I end. don't know. That would be an amazing story, but have you seen Tempest's predictions sometimes? <laughs> yeah, but if it's just individual matches and he's given some time to think and he's seen how the rest of the card has mm. gone leading up to it. That's a good I, point. We've never really yeah. done sort of real-time reactions to a card. So it, it, because mm. we didn't really explain this on the predictions, we're going to have on night two uh, a winner stays on Wrestle Talk scramble. Where the winner, so the last person who c- predicts the match, is uh, going to be the number one contender for the next pay per view backlash or jam lash. Jam lash? Back jam? Back jam sounds like a, a, a bad, a bad mm. growth. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I've just seen that on an episode of ER. Mm. Uh, what is there an urban dictionary entry for back jam? Back jam. Oh. It'd be fun. Be fun to quickly find out before we. Oh no! It's a guitar app. Is it really? Yeah. So if you're playing the guitar, you can have uh, accompanying guitars jamming in the background for you. I see. (coughs) But yeah, I think a a tempest, a tempest or Pete rise. Of course, I'm I'm rooting for my old authority boy Chopper to to win there. But yeah, sometimes so much about a match relies on what else happens on the card very interesting exactly yeah i mean that's what we were talking about yesterday you know if if bobby versus drew doesn't main event then there is a chance that bobby could retain but if bobby drew is the main event which i think it is i think it's pretty Mm. concrete that drew's walking out as the the champion right yeah i think drew's winning regardless i think it will open the show as well and i think drew will win yeah yeah first match back with fans. Oh, I think they're going to have Rollin Cesaro. I think that's what they're going to have. The work rates match. To like, no. Almost like Middle of the, the card fans. all over it. No, that's... You start off with Drew versus Bobby. Drew wins. You have a couple of crap filler matches. And then we do the bit in the review where we go, and it got really good from Seth Rollins versus Cesaro. And from there, there were three really good matches. But the rest of the card was a bit throwaway apart from the opener. I've played Knifey Spoony before, Luke. In which case, then, do you not think it might be Sasha Bianca? Main eventing. No, I think that might... You know, if, if you're going with... I 
I don't know. I mean, I'm excited to find out, but, uh, and I guess we will find out very, very soon because I hope you will be joining us for our live reactions for WrestleMania night one and night two and the raw after WrestleMania. Don't forget. We're going to be doing that as well. And um, we've got a lot of podcast reviews coming your way tomorrow. It will be Tempest and Pete uh, doing the review for NXT takeover stand and deliver. Then on Saturday, it will be the SmackDown review with uh, Pete and Tempest. Then on Sunday, night one of WrestleMania will be reviewed by myself and Mr. Davis. Night two will be reviewed on Monday by myself and Mr. Davis. And then the Raw After Mania will be reviewed on Tuesday, as per usual, with myself and Mr. Davis. And then on Tuesday, the return of the NXT Weekly Review on a month's trial with Tempest <laughs> and Pete. Uh, thank you all so much for listening. Can't wait to hang out with you all weekend. Talking to the fans, not you, you big dick. Um, see you later, everyone. Take care. I love you. Goodbye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.